Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Party. It is... What day is it? It's Wednesday, October 5th. It's about 10 o'clock at night. I am here on Spotify Live talking to all of you wonderful people after the Dallas Mavericks just defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder in their first preseason game, 98-96. to Now, as we all know, there we probably shouldn't overreact anything in preseason, but I don't care, so we're going to anyway. Here's what I would love for you guys to do. Uh, I want you to come up on stage, give me your, your take, what thing you liked, what thing you didn't like. Anything you want to talk about, we're going to talk about. Because the thing about uh, basketball being back, it means we get to hang out together. Uh, as you guys know, you want to hit that speaker request button down there at the bottom. And then when you're up here on stage, you want to be looking for the green light to, uh, or the green ring around your name to light up. That means that the audience can hear you. Um, I watched the game pretty closely. Seven o'clock start time was a little rough for me. Watching it on Mavs.com was a little bit of a challenge, uh, just because a little bit of like lag with the stream compared to the audio. Uh, but at the same time, I still appreciate what those guys at Mavs.com brought to the table. Thought it was a fun broadcast. Um, I wanted to argue with them a little bit, but that's what makes a fun broadcast. We don't need to agree with the other, agree with each other all the time. Coming up first is my man Krishna, who I have not talked to in some time. What's going on, dude? Hey, Kirk. It's it's good. I've been really busy. Um, just going outside for the first time in a long time, but I didn't see the game, but I'm looking at the box score and stuff. And obviously I've been listening to everything. It's interesting. Like, I think it's, it's the preseason. So I'm not, I'm, I'm always one to like be very apprehensive with preseason stuff, but it's always obviously good to, to win. Like that's always a good thing. And it looks like, you know, they were down for a little bit and to come back is fine, but Again, it's like it's preseason. <laughs> it's kind of hard to put it in perspective. Yeah, and and so obviously Luca didn't play. Tim Hardaway didn't play. Davis Bertans didn't play. Our 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 favorite randomly very fast <laughs> Latvian laser. Uh, Maxi Kleba didn't play, and Javale McGee didn't play. So when four of your key rotation players don't play, there's like not a lot to necessarily take from the game as a whole. But there are some things I think that you can focus on and really choose to be happy about or grumpy about. I will I, I will just get this. The, the thing that I am looking for the most in the preseason is what Josh Green contributes. And I liked what he did tonight. Uh, you know, he played 23 minutes, nine points, uh, some assists, some turnovers, no real rebounding. Played real hard. But the thing for me was that I thought he really played under control. There was nothing that he did – um, that was really like wildly out of bounds uh, for me. You no, know, like bananas jump passes. He had a real cool steal and lay in, or dunk actually. Um, there's just sort of like the continuing air of confidence that we've seen from this is uh, from the preseason so far from him. You know, it it, uh, it translated to an actual basketball game, uh, and and I was I was delighted by that. There's obviously. You know, if you were if you're box score hunting, Krishna, the, the Jaden Hardy experience is something you're going to enjoy watching tomorrow because that's a guy that's a guy who looked like he was having a fun time out there. Granted, he was scoring a lot of points against Scrubs, but I don't care. He looked good with space. I, I enjoyed it for sure. And, and yeah, obviously, like everything looks good at a box score. Like, you, you, but 
it, it is again it's the box score versus what you actually see on a court but you know preseason is it's weird like the best players are usually not going to play but it's not that preseason doesn't matter at all because you know like obviously like Phoenix infamously just lost to like the Adelaide 36ers like what is oh. it, a few days ago and and you can see like just the environment is not good like there's just not a good feeling on that team like Jake Jay Crowder is not even like on the bench or something and it, it's just not good um, there, there's indicators of where the environment is if it's not necessarily the play and you just know how players feel and look and Josh Green, like I think you've talked about it kind of all summer, is I don't question so much the ability or the skill because he has that in him. It's so much of if you make a mistake, can you get over it and still do something good? Because what we've seen from him is that he'll do something really good and he'll kind of build up to this, but one mistake or one event can push him back all that progress. And that's kind of what I felt like happened last season. Yeah. And and that's sort of going to, that's going to happen with any sort of young players growth. You know, the people who kind of have come up on stage for over two years and have yelled at me about not being patient enough with them. There's a little bit of like cross signaling going on. Um, Henry Melton, is it Henry Melton with the 76ers is like coming into his own after several years of figuring things out. Um, I think Josh Green is the young enough kind of player to figure things out. It's a question of, is he going to figure things out on a timeline that will help the Dallas Mavericks? Um, He handled the ball tonight and actually looked like he could bring up the ball for five, six minutes a game. Um, I I would honestly, like I compared to Frank Nillikina, I was like, Hey, Josh Green point guard, let's do it. Um, And, and the shot looked pretty good. They're just sort of like an element of of real like calming maturity from from Green that I liked in this game. Yeah, that's kind of what I felt the whole time. Is Frank? You know, you've talked about it. Frank kind of converting to a three and D wing just because his wingspan is insane, and also he has really good defensive abilities and just like reading. And he's never shown that innate playmaking ability. I think if he was ever going to playmake, it's it's going to be at a set moves and even that is I think asking a lot from him to do that 10 minutes uh, every game almost Yeah. Uh, whereas with Josh you know you've seen like he does passes that probably the only person on the team is like Luca would attempt or even like make those passes and it's much more of a my, my thing was always can you teach Frank Nielakina the ability and get that playmaking ability out of him or can you give Josh Green the knowledge and the know-how of when to do what. And I always had a little more confidence that you can teach Josh Green to use his abilities in the right way more than Frank gaining those abilities this far. And it's, it's, you have to like put it into perspective because Josh is only a year older than Hardy. And like you think about his NBA experience, it's definitely not been like the most conducive to improving like what he's done, but Again, like we're talking about the ninth or tenth guy on the bench, which when you're talking about that, it's always hard to say like they need to be an A plus player. Like very few teams, even the Warriors from last season, like you can say their tenth guy is like amazing and contributing all the time. It's more that you just don't want your tenth person to be a complete deficit. Sure. Sure. 
Well, you know, it, it was a very since you didn't watch, like it, it was a very sloppy game. The 24, <laughs> 24 turnovers, and if we take away McKinley Wright's uh, ten assists and no turnover by himself, the Ma- like the Mavericks had tw- had twenty assists. McKinley Wright had ten of them. Uh, and so that means everyone else on the roster had 10 total assists uh, and Josh Green had four of those, I believe. And then everyone else had 24 turnovers. It was ugly. It was like I, I the offense they're going to run is like so Luca centric, right? It's one of these. It, it's certainly one of these things where guys are making like cross court passes that really are, are sort of Luca's bag. So it's, it's really <laughs> something to like watch what they're doing or what they're trying to do. And I just don't know how that's going to go. Now, again, one game, don't really <laughs> care because, you know, maybe they'll run something different when, when it's like Luca's out of the game. I don't know. Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm trying not to like overanalyze a ton of tape, but um, well, I really appreciate you coming up here and getting us started. You got uh, you got anything else while you're while you're looking at the line? I mean, not really. Like you're saying, it's kind of just it's cool to see these guys play these guys play, and it's good to see that you know they don't hate each other. I mean, you kind of talked about it. I just listened to your podcast from today, and kind of one of the things you guys talked about was it's important that, you know, the environment, like the, I guess the personal environment, I don't know how to put it, like the work environment, just like the feeling around the team is still positive because obviously that's something I feel you can always take away more than the actual play. And you talked about the vibes. That's what it was. I was like, what is the word they used? You know, what are the vibes going to be like? And I think it's really easy to forget, but even last year, like beginning the year wasn't great. But always how that feels is going to be really indicative. And kind of on the whole Luca thing, I don't remember if it was you or someone else, but you can kind of see where this team is going. And obviously it's a very home run or bust like method of Luca is your heliocentric ball handler and everyone else around him obviously is supposed to fit. And it's very much, baby fans don't want to hear this, like 2020 Lakers where like, LeBron is the, the heliocentric offensive creator and kind of everyone fits around him. The right. main difference is you have AD who at that, especially in 2020 was insane. I mean, he, he was actually insane, but uh, you, it's very bust or boom, right. Kind of, kind well, of thing. You know, and when you don't have that. Go ahead. Well, I, I, but boom in the sense, like obviously if Luca's not playing less of like, Luca being on the floor, I think even if he's if he's on the floor for a lot of it, they're still gonna be fine. But Boston, since like if like God forbid he gets an injury or anything, but it's kind of like a lot of it surrounds Luca. But I think we've seen enough where Luca can do that. It's not that oh Luca can't carry an offense; he can do a lot with an offense. And like you talked about, this is like you don't have that guy there, the guy who your entire one half of this game revolves around, it's going to be really hard to do anything. For sure. Well, thanks so much, man. I hope you, uh, hope you enjoy these. I hope you're uh, able to come back. I'm sorry you've been busy, but I'm glad to have you back in the mix here. No, no, it's been good. I, I love listening to them in podcast form anyways, and it's, I'm glad other guys are coming in and enjoying and everyone's happy. So thank you, Kirk. All right. Talk soon. Talk soon, okay. yeah. Okay. 
Coming up next is my man Drew. How we doing, Drew? Well, well, it's late for you, so I figured we'd get you get you in and get you out. Well, uh, thanks, Kirk. Hey, hey, it's great to talk to you again. I I have to admit I did not watch the game. I did look at the box score. It popped up on my phone. It says, hey, well, sure. let me say, hey, hey, Kirk, it's been a while, and I need to get back into it. And I just got a couple of points. You know, I know we've talked about Josh Green before, and you know, my biggest thing was that basically they took a flyer and a great athlete that was barely old enough to be out of high school. So, I mean, to be realistic, everybody, you had to know it was going to take some time. And I think this is his make or break year now. But, you know, the thing that kind of got me is we were always comparing him to Desmond Bain. I know they could have Desmond Bain. But right now, this year, uh, Josh Green is the same age that Desmond Bain was in his rookie year. So this is the year. Let's see what he's got. You know, he's had time to learn. He's, I think he's developed some basketball skills and not just be an athlete and, and we'll see. Yeah. One other thing. Okay. Go ahead. And then I'll get my, I I think if you watch any highlights from him, it's, it's nice. Um, Feelings on him are just so all over the map, but what he's, it's, it's kind of hard to understate the feel of confidence that I've seen from like the, the practice, the fan jam and this, where just, he's a lot more, He's just not walking on eggshells, um, and at least early on. And and I hope that continues. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit of maturity too. Like I said, we forget how young. I mean, he, like I said, he was he was the age. Some some kids were still in high school at the age he came in. You know, so some of that's maturity. And one other thing I wanted to ask you about Jalen Hardy. I just saw in there I, the thing that stuck out to me is four for nine from three point land. What what can you tell me about that? I mean, they look he is, good. He is not shy. Um, I will. He's he's gonna have fun in NBA space. When he played at summer league, he was surround, like he was one of the like by far one of the Mavericks best players. And that's not it. He's not a point guard. No, it's, I did watch all those games though. But he was just like those yeah. games were jacking up everything, you know. And it, but he wasn't there wasn't nobody to play with. Damn that. He he just looked real good tonight. He's he's a. He's you know not like a one of one athlete or anything, but he's he's got a nice frame. He's he's fairly lengthy. He's got pretty good size. Like there's just enough where in in the right circumstances, I think he's going to be able to give Dallas something eventually. Now, if if that's this year, he's either way outperforming expectations or Dallas is having some real problems. But you know, I like the way the shot looks. It's hard. You that's know, what it, I was it, asking about. Is it is a stroke there, or was that just a fluke four for nine? It's there. I really okay. think it's there because you remember Josh's rookie year, and it's just like we're all kind of like, oh no, yeah, like no, that's it didn't not look good. <laughs> that's not the case. Like there's some okay. points of refinement, but the, it, it's it's taken confidently. I think it's the same motion. It, it's I, I just like it. Well, that's good because if he could just do that, just be a consistent three point threat. You know, with Luca, that you're going to get open looks. Sure, you know. And uh, and I really feel good about. I don't know what it is. I just feel good about this season. I think the guys that want to be there are there. I think Luca's going to come in with a new attitude. Uh, you know, I know we miss Jalen and everything like that, but he, you know, kind of he didn't want to be there. At least what it turns out and everything like that. And I I think uh, Jason Kid's going to have these guys bought in, and they are going to play. They we don't really have any really great players other than Luca. But I think they're all going to fit in. They all have roles to fill. And I think if they do that, I, I think this team will be fine. I couldn't get my unmute button to work. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm feeling like tentatively bush, uh, bullish on this team. 
Mm. Bobby's talked about this. Bobby Corrala, Mavs.com. We've talked about it a little bit. Like, they got to get off to a good start. They, they, they've had two straight years of rumbling, bumbling, stumbling, and that's largely because Luca's been out of shape. Everybody gets that now, and he doesn't look out of shape now. You know, he's. I think he's going to be a guy uh, that we kind of constantly whine about his fitness, but I, I think he he, the, he went two seventy when he came into camp last year. I know, like that's, I know. That's yeah, just he, not happening. No, he was he was a pig last year. There's no right. question. He came. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and and so there was. Uh, I saw somebody during the fan jam talking about. Well, you know, the Mavs have him listed at two thirty. Well, he was two thirty as a rookie. That stuff doesn't really change unless there's yeah, like big, big. You can't pay attention to that. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> yeah. But he looks good. Like he looks good right now, and I think that'll make all the difference. I think he's and, probably ready to get going, you know, and, and we got, I don't know, we got 13 days till this stuff kicks off. I'm looking forward to it. Well, and then that, one other through. thing, yes, it was Spencer Dinwiddie. I, I, I'm looking for some good things out of him because remember he was coming off the MCL. That's that second year back from the ACL. Typically that's the year when they look really good. So I'm hoping Spencer kind of comes all the way back. Well, he's talked a lot about it, but I'm really curious what all the way back means because if you go look at True. his counting stats – the, ma- the games he played with Dallas last year was some of the best run of his career. And, True, yeah. And so, and, and and does that mean as a different, as kind of a secondary guy to Luca, does that mean something different than the roles he's played prior? It could. I just, I legitimately don't know what that means. I do love how he talks right now. Some of his preseason stuff has been real gold. Like he might be the only Maverick player that doesn't speak with a filter, and that's that's a lot of fun. <laughs> Oh, he says what he's he says what he means. Yeah. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, Greg. I'll let you go, man. It's good talking talk to you. Talk soon, again. buddy. All right. Coming up All next right. is Brent Brooks, who is a Mavs Moneyball contributor. What's up, dude? Hey man. I um uh, I am so happy right now. My little point guard hopeful. Tennis no turnover. Right at ten thirty <laughs> on a Wednesday night, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, because I think in-house, they keep talking about, I don't think Josh Green, anybody can really take that seriously, that Josh is going to be a point guard uh, or be the one that they really see bringing ball up the court and initiating a pick and roll. He's a secondary creator. And they keep talking about Frank. Frank's done it before. Frank's attempted it before. I just don't see point guard body language out of Frank Nelkina. He's very talented in certain aspects of the game, but... If you watched McKinley, like I, I had a friend call me tonight. I hadn't talked to him in years, so I had to turn the sound down, let him talk in my ear, and I was watching the game out of the corner of my eye, and every time McKinley had the ball, that's who I was focused on. And he is a point guard in body language and in execution. He, he can't shoot the ball, but he's not looking for his shot. You know that thing that point guards do? that you never see Frank or – and don't put it on Josh. Nobody should expect this out of him. But this isn't really something that anybody but point guards do, which is they're dribbling with one hand and they're directing traffic with the other like they're in their sleep. It's just second nature to them. And that's McKinley's body language coming out of the court. He's telling guys where to go and what to do to get the offense into motion. And it only happens for maybe a second and a half, but guys go, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. And they move. Um, and there was a, a three that Hardy hit, and you know you could tell this is these kinds of games might not be important when your roster spot is secure, but when it's not, and when your goal is maybe that other two way spot, this game and the next two really are important for Wright. And 
Hardy hits an important three because they want to win this game. Uh, and he's just clapping. It wasn't like a slow clap. This was very intense, like sure. in claps in a row, like, hey, you know, maybe we can pull this out. And that's the kind of thing I hope that the, the coaching staff notices because in terms of our, our roster and our invitees, he's the third point guard. You know, whether or not they trade for somebody else, as it stands right now, he's the, th- the third point guard based on resume on the roster. And the question is, are any of these other guys – um, going to shine more than him between now and the time they have to make that well, decision. That's, that's probably what's painfully uncomfortable because it, it's if we're being realistic, and you and I have talked about this offline. So, like, what you know, the so at certain points, elements of production don't matter. My man um, Ruben in the chat is like, he's probably going to end up in Frisco if the Mavs have an opportunity. I think that's probably right, but. Um, you know, Andy. Andy asks, "Did did McKinley Wright look really good? Long periods of the offense, look point guard. He had ten assists and zero turnovers, and the rest of the Mavericks had ten assists and twenty four turnovers. So there's like an element here. Like I do, it's like the offense was terrible tonight, and I I don't I'm not taking anything away from that. I I also don't want to like wildly overreact to the, to McKinley's performance, but I understand why you say that just because." They need to have some sort of offense ran. And this is more like kind of a criticism of the offense than it is a particular player. But I hate these half-ass pick and rolls where a guy goes up and sets like a show screen and then sort of turns around and runs at the basket. Like that's not that's not execution of offense. Like that's motion for motion's sake. And again, we're talking about like the third quarter of a first preseason game. So it's like a little bit silly to get too much into it, but I just I don't think at the end of the day, just my early take and knowing what I've seen historically out of professional teams, McKinley Wright could have zero turnovers and thirty five assists in three preseason games, and the Mavericks aren't gonna aren't gonna sign him. So, I guess I, I'm holding out hope. Just <laughs> I get it. I get it. He feels like the closest thing we have to a quote third ball handler in house, and you know, in terms of. Those 10 minutes where neither Spencer or Luca, you know, injury-free, they're both in the game, but for whatever reason, maybe driven by the score, neither one are in the game. Who do you want the ball to be carried up the floor by? And I realize it's a two-way contract, and that has its limitations, but the idea of Frank or, you know, even worse, I don't think Josh Green's a point guard. So McKinley's our in-house option until they make a move and, and give us somebody else to talk about. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, Brent. Thank you very much. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, rough game for Tyler Dorsey. Um, man, my our, our man Jack, who wrote the the recap for for Mavs Moneyball, said that Tyler Dorsey better find his passport. He was real bad. I yeah. don't understand what happened tonight. Well, you know, could it be that uh, he already has that two-way contract and maybe he's not as focused as he would be if he was playing for something? I mean, he got up six shots in 12 minutes. That's that's tough. That's some gunning material right there. I kind of respect it. Kind of respect it. Um, not- so, Well, thanks so much, Brent, for uh, for coming up here on, on stage. We'll talk soon, all right? You bet. Take care, man. All right. And while we're here, Brent wrote a piece, which I'm pumping up again. It's on Mavs Moneyball. It's about it's it's about a, it's a psychological concept called flow that basically he, in 1,400 words, he, he really walks us through why the vibes being immaculate matters. 
Um, and I've been thinking about this, particularly as news broke tonight, that Draymond Green, um, local clown show and center of attention in so many things, despite being like the fourth option on the Warriors championship team, got into a fight with another player who's also looking for a contract in Jordan Poole and already has created podcast material out of it, which respect, but I bring that up to note that the Mavericks have been so drama free and I don't think we emphasize that enough. Um, there's some kind of understood drama, like when KP existed, but I don't think any of those guys disliked KP. It was a matter of there being things they had to figure out basketball wise that he didn't work out. And since Luca has been on the team, there just hasn't been a lot of on-court team-generated drama. There's been backcourt, or there's been you know front office drama and things of of that nature. But we, I think we, and me in particular, kind of underrate how valuable it is that like these guys seem to like each other, and that was evident. You know, once again, we talked about it in the fan jam. I think that's a that's a lot of fun. Um, I just sort of wanted to bring that up. Jazz in the chat notes. Kirk will Tyler Dorsey. Fumbling a Euroball contract be worse than Dennis Schroeder's fum- Dennis Schroeder's fumbling of the bag. Woo, that's tough, man. Because you know we all know that Dorsey gave up. Basically, I want to say it was like four to six million dollar like guaranteed money from like another Euroball team and it a Euroleague team, and that just that's tough. Um, uh, Ruben asks in the chat what happens with Draymond. He he punched Jordan Poole in practice, and then that got out uh, because of course it got out. Um, that there's just some real like nice stuff about the Mavericks vibes compared to the Nets or um, Phoenix and things of you know just along those lines, and it it makes me feel pretty good going into this. I'm really guys, I'm, I've got to tell you, I, we're four, 30 minutes into this, and nobody's talking about Christian Wood. Nobody's brought up Christian Wood, and I want to talk about Christian Wood with somebody, but. I don't want to be the one to say the thing about Christian Wood. Is it, am I going to have to be the one that says it about Christian Wood? I think that Christian Wood has a long way to go. We, through the practice, through the fan jam, and through this, we have seen the full Christian Wood experience. And honestly, early returns leave me with a bad taste in my mouth. It's not an overwhelming, just slightly bitter, and I'm a little bit concerned. That's my preseason overreaction at the moment. There's a very little he can't do offensively. Offensively, he looks fine. Defensively, he looks confused and disinterested. And that's, that's a hurdle because Dallas needs his offense, but they cannot deal with the defense. There are times like Oklahoma City Stinks, you guys. They stink. I know it's preseason, but they stink. And and it's just it's it's a little it's a little much for me. Um Ruben notes he had a double double. He he stunk for parts of the game. I mean the rebounding is interesting in and of itself, and I, I do want to kind of talk about that big picture, but he he does have a nose for the ball on 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 going and grabbing rebounds, but I just I, I I'm I find myself frustrated. The body language, the sort of don't talk about it, be about it mindset that I think he needs to have. There's elements of where you you watch him and you've heard sort of the negative press about him. 
through three public appearances, so one practice, one one you know scrimmage, and one preseason game, we've just seen why he hasn't stuck stuck with the team. Okay, I pissed people off enough to where they want to come up and talk about this. Outstanding. Coming up first, Miguel. How you doing, Miguel? Hit that unmute button there at the bottom. Give him a second to see it. Kirk, can you hear me? I can. Welcome. Hey, yeah, sorry, I'm a little sick, but they want to talk about Christian Wood. Um, yeah, um, that body language today where I saw like on his defense, it was like, um, I don't know, because I know it's preseason, but then again, like you should, you you want to start, you should be able to, this, you should see this as an opportunity for you to like, you know, show that that you know you can start and have like a lot more play time. But uh, when it came to his body language, blowing, uh, you know, missing layups. Um, I know, I know that one guy said that he was a, he did a double double, but at the same time, I mean, I hope you had a, a double double against the OKC, OKC Thunder, but, uh, yeah, that's all I wanted. That's all I had, but yeah, I just want to let you know. Um, yeah. Am I not, I'm not alone. You, I'm, I'm not out here on an Island whining. Okay. I appreciate that. I hope you feel better, man. Thanks for taking the time to come up. Yeah. Thank you, Kirk. All right, coming up next, then, we got Brandon. What's up, Brandon? Hey, Kirk, long time no Welcome talk. Welcome back. Uh, well, I guess I briefly want to respond to the wood. Um, I largely, yeah, I mean, bad vibes guy, wherever he's been. Don't want to hash that too much. But at least as far as the defense goes, I am willing to give some leeway because if you recall last year, the entire team stunk at defense because it's not the easiest system to learn. Great point. With all, Great the, point. all the rotations. I mean, it, it's very much about knowing exactly where you have to be all the time. I mean, it's why Willie Cauley-Stein didn't not, work out because Willie Cauley-Stein has all the athletic traits in the world and then the motor of a dead fish. Don't ever mention that name to me again, Kirk. I, I have tried to move past Grand that Grand Rio Viper, Willie Cauley Stein. <laughs> but yeah, that's for. I mean, I just don't have a Christian Wood take yet. I think that's fair. Um, you know, if if it doesn't work out, he's fourteen million dollar expiring contract. But really, what I wanted to talk briefly about was, I guess, kind of related to Christian Wood not starting, and. For anybody who hasn't checked out IsTalk's most recent article about Dallas lineups, go read it. It's awesome. Very insightful. But IsTalk, uh, come back to Mavs Moneyball. We'll get your work read. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love it. IsTalk's my man. I talked to him today. He he always writes great stuff. Oh yeah, no, it, it it's it's re it's really insightful here about just kind of the best lineups that work with Luca and why it does give me a little bit more optimism. I guess about the starting lineup. Um, just kind of give a quick rundown. Generally, Luca plus one ball handler works well. Luca with at least three shooters works really well, and Luca with at least three defenders. So basically, you know, the lineup we saw in the playoffs with him, Brunson, uh, Reggie, Dorian, and then Maxi. That was kind of the only lineup that we could play. You know, maybe sub out Brunson for Spencer. That, that was really the only variation that we could play. But now with JaVale, you can't you have one big he who is actually good at defense, unlike Dwight Powell, at least to some degree. And then you still have your wings, you still have another ball handler, and then there's still some hope with 
Josh Green possibly improving, Christian Wood maybe being able to handle the ball some. So I, I'm I'm kind of optimistic about this lineup, what kind of the permutations could be of it, but it is going to depend mainly on Wood, Josh Green, and even Tim Hardaway stepping up his defense. Because one thing, our defense did not really take off until Tim Hardaway got hurt last year. Yeah, yeah. If if Jason Kidd can get Tim Hardaway to play defense, like Jason Kidd can get Tim Hardaway to play defense or and or get Christian Wood to play defense, we need to be talking about him in like religious overtones because that like there was a gif I think Dalton Trigg shared it. It was from two seasons ago where Tim Hardaway is literally spinning in a circle. Like he spins around twice because he doesn't know where he's supposed to go. And it was just it stuck in my head forever. But man, I'm so sad we didn't get Timmy tonight. I think you're right. It's a measured approach, measured take. It's gonna take buy-in from every from him and from everyone else, like figuring out how to play together. Um, it's just, it's something that sticks in my craw because as a really shitty basketball player that only made it because I played hard, uh, playing hard is sometimes the only thing within your control. And when I see a guy not doing that, it just, it vexes me. I, I'm right there with you. I, I basically played like Dennis Rodman back in the day. So I, I definitely yeah. agree with that. I guess that's He's why I've so always talented, been though. Dude, That corner three he stuck was awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, th- that is one thing. If nothing else works, I can at least feel good that whenever he pops for uh, Luca on the pick and roll, unlike KP, he's actually going to hit the shot. It's not yeah. just theoretical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a smooth looking shot. I've gotten, there's uh, one guy who, who always comments on Mads Moneyball, good dude, um, who, who was arguing with one of our other guys about how he thinks that KP is a better shot maker than Wood. And I'm just like, I don't see it. Woods, his percentages are better, and the kind of shots he's going to get in the offense are the kind of shots that we need dudes to hit. And it, it's just, I, I, I'm the offensive element of, of Wood is just not something that's going to worry about. I mean, it's a silly comparison, but the fact that you run um, Wood and uh, Luca on NBA 2K 2023 and they are just a monstrous duo, like, that matters to me. It's silly, but I, I love watching them play. Well, thanks, Brandon. You got anything else? No, that's all I've got for now. Uh, surprisingly, I'm not too uh, too heated about a one preseason. No, 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 so it's good. It's, it's, it's good stuff. This was, maybe that's this a good was sign. overall. Like, I got to see some stuff that I liked. Was, I'm looking forward to seeing it on a real, like, like no offense to the Mads folks. I thought they did great, Mads.com people. But I'm looking forward to seeing the broadcast. That was one thing that was a reminder tonight. So. Yeah, at this juncture. All right. Talk soon, buddy. Thank you. Okay, now we got people talking. This is what happens when I talk shit. Ruben, what's up? Hey, I can. can. Welcome back. Hey, hey, man. I got to watch uh, that game. Hey, we're we're not gonna if we're not gonna take too much from this game. We're not gonna trash my boy C Wood like this. Okay, he had a double double, and it looks like what other he big man do we have to you. bring it up the court? He did that a couple times. If I'm not, he's mistaken. the third best ball handler. Yeah. Yeah, so you know we're gonna cut him some slack. He he still had a double double, and it, and you could kind of you could kind of tell that he was still trying to figure out, hey, when do I switch? Because even um I noticed when he was bringing it up the court, like Jason Kidd is trying to you know tell him a play, and he kind of like, oh, what am I supposed to do right here? Da, 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 da. So I I would give him a little bit of more time to figure out his switches and um to be a little bit more um to 
to make it look like he knows where he's going on our defense, I would say. I'm sorry. Could you repeat that last line? I it cut out on my end. Oh, sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, I would I would just say give him a little bit more time to let him know uh, a little bit more time on our defense to to know all the calls and know where it looks like he's going when we need him to you know to switch. I would just give him a little oh, bit I mean, more time like and not judge off of one no, that, preseason game. That's, a, that's sure. a months long thing. It's the point about the defense not really coming together till January for the Mavericks last year is of import because that's not a one player thing. That's a connective. That's like a connective chain issue with the entire team, and and yeah. that stuff is is yeah. No, I, I think that's fair. I just. I watched he, all this stuff, and like, I yeah. just need better body language. I just need. Yeah, it. I'm not going to get it. But he, that's he just looks unsure of himself right now. Um, you know, kind of like what Spencer was talking about on like Pinson's uh uh, uh podcast, where he didn't want to come in and ruffle feathers or whatnot, and all of that. And you know, he that you're you're telling him to be the sixth man, first game out, he's starting. And, you know, he's asking, hey, can I play the five at practice? I don't even think they let him play the five. But first game out, he's playing the five. Well, <clears throat> I think they let uh, Powell in there for a little bit. But um, still, I, I think it's just going to be some time. But I like what I saw tonight. Um, I'm not going to stick on Seawood. We're we just going to let him, you know, do his thing because I know he's going to be hungry to get that next contract. Um, but, man, if anybody was thinking Jaden Hardy was not going to get any playing time this season, I'm sorry. Y'all are sorely mistaken. This kid right here just – like, what was the one shot? It, I thought it was blocked. I'm sorry. That shot looked blocked, and he was on the in the corner. I don't know if he was on the corner or on the, uh, on the right side. It just – the defender jumps up, and it goes, like – all net like the kid got like ice in his veins like looks like nico you know i don't know i don't want to go over the ball, overboard on the first preseason game but this kid looks legit i'm still like like i i want him to get a ton of reps so that's where like any sort of conversation about him playing in the g league comes from just because you know, between passing and and shot making and the ability to get these things off, you don't want to have have happened to him what happened to Josh Green, which was slight, you know he got a couple opportunities, but because he you know, this is a team competing like that theoretically wants to compete for a championship like right now, so that's where it's coming from. But I, I think that if he continues to get reps, you know, he looked good with space. I I. I Spoke about his confidence earlier, and that is something that just sort of matters to me relative to what we've seen from Josh Green over the years. So if he comes up and, and manages to play 45 games with, with the Mavs and plays some minutes here and there, that'd be outstanding to me. It's just that when you really break down what the what the rotation might be this year, it's it's kind of hard to find minutes. It, you know, we, we know they need like a different ball handler, but I just see him as more of a scoring guard than I do an offensive initiator, at least right now. I would just say, I mean, I, I, I like what Frank what, what Frank looked like tonight. And, again, people – I think everybody can see, like – Do we lose you? Uh, can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, I, I had can. a call come in. Oh. Uh, sorry. But, um, <laughs> that happens to me. My boss calls me, and I'm just like, 
I'm doing a, I'm doing Spotify Live. I can't talk Sorry. right now. It, it's <laughs> my birthday tomorrow, and everybody's calling me right now. And oh my god, it's uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, but no, the Understood. thing I wanted to say, he could steal Frank's minutes if you know Frank comes out sluggish or not giving that that energy that um you know that Hardy looks like he can bring on the court. His his energy, I, I understand what you're saying about the Josh Green of. <laughs> well, I'm going to get out of here. I got a hell of a lot of people calling me right now. The phone now, is but... blowing up. Well, early happy birthday. Thank you for joining us, Ruben. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Kirk. <laughs> All right. Talk soon. Mm-hmm. All right. We got one couple more folks. Sam, what's up? Kirk, long time no talk. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. What do you got tonight? Oh, you know, I had to, I had to defend my boy Christian Wood a little bit. You know? <laughs> Somebody's got to play some defense. Just kidding. No, no, I get what you're saying. I mean, hey, at the end of the day, if the man gives you 16 and 10 every night, you're going to take that, obviously. But um, I don't know if you watch YouTube. Well, I think you obviously watch YouTube, but I don't know if you watch the Thinking Basketball uh, channel. And I remember last year they were talking about Luka and his defense, because obviously, you know, we, we know Luka's not the fleetest of foot, and he's not the best defender. But in that Phoenix series, you know, Jason Kidd said, hey, you know, you got to step up and play a little defense. And they did a whole segment on, you know, hey, he wasn't you know, necessarily playing lockdown defense, but he was playing really damn good help defense. And he was he was just running the defense pretty much. You know, he was doing what he was supposed to do. And I feel like Christian Wood can get to that point. Obviously, you know, it's preseason's new team. Got to learn everything. Like the same thing happened last year when we were god awful in the first half of the year. And then somehow it just clicked in January and then on. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, he's still trying to learn everything. So hopefully season starts, he'll be motivated. It's a contract year for him. So if he wants to get paid, I feel like he would at least show a little bit of enthusiasm on defense. Sure. Sure. No, everybody everybody that's saying we need time is correct. I just wanted to say that part out loud because I felt it's been three public appearances, not necessarily calling them games. We're seeing some stuff that makes me go, ugh. And I just—I hadn't done it yet. I've done three Spotify lives, and I hadn't said anything. Had to do it at some point. Might as well be the second half of a, of a podcast that nobody's going to listen to. Um, <laughs> thanks so much, Sam. Do you got anything else? Um, no, actually, I was going to say, you know, Ruben, it's his birthday tomorrow. It's my brother's birthday tomorrow. So shout out to my brother. So uh, happy birthday. That's tomorrow. right. Well, thanks so much for joining, Sam. Hey, not a problem. Have a good night. No. Leo points out that KP has broken Mavs fans on body language. Man. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. There's some funky stuff that happens uh, when you've got to deal with KP for a while. Um, guys, excellent first showing. Thank you for coming up and talking with me, for arguing with me. Uh, it's going to be a good season. We're going to have fun. Uh, we got Friday game against the Magic. Yeah, uh, that'll be, you know, and then there's one more preseason game after that. We'll be doing one of these on Friday night. Uh, and we will see how things go. I hope everybody has a good rest of their week. Uh, and please, if you haven't already, go to your favorite podcast uh, you know, platform, leave me a review. That sort of stuff really helps. And check out everything on MavsMoneyBall.com. Everyone have a great Thursday, Friday. Talk soon.